Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Southern Alberta, a forum on public affairs. And Mazutov, um, Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and etc., etc. And thank you, Rita, for providing lovely music. But uh, before I ask the speaker to come to the podium, make sure you put 12 bucks in the basket, except the speaker, of course. He gets a free, free lunch. And also, please make sure that your cell phones are turned off. We don't want any destruction. Uh, today's a very interesting subject, and uh, we are going to enjoy it with a festival uh, festive mood. Uh, sorry about my Japanese accent. Uh, John is a specialist in Japan and the Buddhism. He knows my country better than I do. John is a professor of uh, religious studies and the coordinator of Asian studies program. And he's going to talk about Christmas from Buddhist perspective. I look forward to it. Thank you, John, for accepting this invitation. Please. OK, uh, thank you, Tad, for the invitation and the free lunch. And uh, uh, thanks to all of you for uh, inviting me here and, and for coming. This is the time of year when professors are buried in piles of papers and marking furiously. And I don't know if you can see this, but the red pen was unsparing with this one, too. It's, it's a mess, but we'll get through it. OK, so uh, here we go. Some of you may have been here two years ago when my colleague, Dr. Hilary Rodrigues, uh, gave a talk. Uh, he spoke on the issue of Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. And he began by wondering why he agreed to do that. Here I am with the topic of Buddhism and Christmas, and much the same question. Uh, Dr. Rodrigues and I are both scholars of the academic study of religion, and we both work on Asian religious traditions in particular. So I suppose it shouldn't be surprising to uh, be dealing with cycles, both of history and existence, as well as impenetrable questions of meaning, such as, why did I agree to do this? There are some concrete reasons, however. Here we are in early December, meeting 10 days before Christmas, and shortly after the local Buddhism temple's celebration of Bodhi Day, commemorating 2,500 years since the Indian prince Siddhartha Gautama is understood to have become the Buddha, the awakened one. Okay. Uh, as a side note, in, in, in Japan, if you were at a Zen temple right now, they call this Rohatsu, which just means the eighth day of the 12th month. And they celebrate with a week-long session, a really intensive meditation period, where they're undergoing the same kind of uh, practice that, uh, that led to the awakening of the Buddha. Also, I'm here because Christmas is a big deal in our culture. And the mix of pageants, concerts, Christmas lists, parties, shopping, decorations, holiday cheer, commercialism, family time, vacation from work and school, and religious services, in that mix, it's natural for questions of what it is all about to arise. With our current cross-cultural confluence of religion, secularism, uh, excuse me, secularism, globalism, multiculturalism, 
Issues become more broad than the usual religious versus secular tensions in the holiday, and they do lead to questions about how people outside of the Christian tradition uh, view Christmas. This seems to have prompted today's topic, and the organizers wisely sought the insights and reflections of Reverend Izumi from the Buddhist Temple of Southern Alberta. Alas for you, instead of Reverend Izumi, you are left with me, the less reverent professor. The question of why has been sufficiently answered to move on to the topic at hand. As luck would have it, a Christmas miracle, perhaps. The request to Reverend Izumi was likely the catalyst behind a reflection on this very topic in the December issue of Hikari, The Light. This is the newsletter from the Buddhist Temple of Southern Alberta. On the front page, there is a Buddhist question and answer section. And the question for Reverend Izumi in the current issue, just a few days ago, uh, was as follows, quote, Question, what is my view about the Christmas holiday? Answer, I see the Christmas holiday as a joyous season. I like its atmosphere. It is pleasant and fun to watch colorful lights on the street and listen to Christmas songs. Christmas is, of course, the day to celebrate Jesus' birthday. In recent years, however, this particular holy day has become commercialized and has become a very expensive holiday. Christmas is a religious event. Whenever religious events become too commercialized, their meaning will be lost. During this month, Buddhists celebrate Bodhi Day, a day to celebrate Buddha's enlightenment. We set up a Bodhi tree at the temple. The Buddha, Shakyamuni, discovered the truth of life on December 8th, nearly 2,500 years ago. The truth he discovered is called the Dharma. The Dharma is expressed as the light of boundless compassion of Amida Buddha for us. Islam celebrates Allah, who is the light of heaven and earth. Judaism celebrates Hanukkah, and Hindu and Sikh celebrate Diwali around this time as the festival of light, respectively. We are always one in the light, Reverend Izumi, uh, end quote. I think that the reflections of actual local Buddhists to the Christmas holiday was a key aspect sought by the organizers. So I will include another, this time from a lay Buddhist who grew up in North America in a Buddhist home, in fact, as the son uh, of, a, of a Buddhist minister. And he's in a position to reflect on the holiday as someone who's been a child, a parent, and even a grandparent during the Christmas season. He reports as follows, quote, I can't imagine anything in Buddhist life that would see anything negative about Buddhists observing Christmas in their own way. There may be denials about the underlying dubious belief that a mortal, after whom the holiday is named, would be considered a son of God. However, even this may be considered more fabulous in the sense of the Adam and Eve story than anything else. Something to get the narrative started, a likely story. Personally, being the son of a Jodo Shinshu minister never was a barrier to celebrating the season complete with a Christmas tree and gift exchanges. Although our family of seven siblings partaking of it definitely had nothing to do with religion and more about getting into the spirit of the merriment and maybe of gratitude. It just happened to be an opportune time to join and celebrate with the majority population in the US and Canada and elsewhere as was customary. And so that continued over the following years, including those with my children growing up never thought it was unbuddhistic to do so. My impression is that similar views permeated the Jodo Shinshu culture of our youth, those I grew up with and who attended temple, who rarely seemed to wonder, as I recall, whether there might have been something untoward about such an attitude toward a major holiday of a different religion. This might be a statement about the commercialization of the season that I can remember from my youth, 
but I think it might have more to do with the perceived harmlessness of joining in the pervasive celebration. I realize personal experiences don't begin to address the serious question that adherents may have about difference in belief. Uh, the inclusiveness of Buddhism typically makes an appeal to life as it is, free of dogma. This being the case, nothing seems to be lost by joining in on the celebration, whether with a happy holiday or Merry Christmas. My limited connections to Christmas in Japan struck me as consistent with this. Just remembered I should move along here. Uh, as consistent with this kind of outlook. Christmas was a regular day with hordes of people crowding into big department stores with little religious overtones except perhaps in Christian churches or among believers who may have abhorred its commercialization. I certainly can't speak for all Buddhists in Canada, given their increasing diversity, but my suspicion would be that most will embrace its spirit without feeling threatened religiously." End quote. So these reflections fit my basic assumption when I was presented with this topic. That is, although there is not a great deal of direct overlap or encounter between Buddhism and Christmas, there also is no particular animosity or contention. This is the norm in the Buddhist world, where on the whole, the spread of Buddhism, from Northeast India to other parts of Asia, now to the entire globe, including festivals and other aspects of Buddhist culture, typically coexists comfortably with local traditions, including key festivals of other religious faiths. As with Dr. Rodrigue's reflections from two Decembers ago about the pluralistic mix of festivals in India, new Buddhist practices usually join the existing cultural and religious celebrations rather than displacing or directly contesting other traditions' commemorations. Sometimes there is a syncretism that mixes influences. Sometimes there's a sort of overlap that usually ends up as a complementary relationship. People will go to one tradition for certain needs uh, and experiences into another tradition for other without any sense of personal or institutional conflict. All that said, one can find instances of overlap as well as contentious encounter. So I dug around to find something. My favorite example of religious competition between Buddhism and Christmas in North America was aired 15 years ago tomorrow on The Simpsons. December 16th, 2001 episode, She of Little Faith, is fascinating and apt for a number of reasons. But I will just show the portion uh, that's most directly relevant to today's topic, of course, for educational purposes only. So we'll see uh, just a little bit of this. And of course, this encounter between Buddhism and Christmas would be seen by many more people than this talk. So this is uh, significant in its own way. She's just kidding, Mr. Lord. Okay, so just to briefly set up, the church burned down. To rebuild it, they took on all kinds of commercial sponsors, and Lisa was kind of disgusted with how that happened, so she's looking around for a different religious tradition. And of course, this is actual commentary about the modern world and globalization where there is a kind of marketplace of religions. But The Simpsons makes that marketplace much more explicit, as you can see here in her Zagat's Guide to World Religion. Still looking for a new faith? Yep. Hey, how about one of those religions where you eat a human heart? No. How about Methodist? No! Look, 
I'm not just gonna pick a religion that seems cool. I'm gonna pick one that's right for me. How about Judaism? When you turn 13, cha-ching! I'm going out for a walk. are Buddhists? Oh, yeah. If I didn't have inner peace, I'd completely go psycho on all you guys all the time. Well, I'm looking for a new faith, one that isn't so materialistic. Well, you've come to the right place. Buddhism teaches that suffering is caused by desire. <gasps> Richard Gere? Oh, the world's most famous Buddhist. Well, what about the Dalai Lama? Oh, you know, the 14th reincarnation of the Buddha of Alakotishvara. Who's Buddha? It's a good thing Buddhism teaches freedom from desire, because I've got the desire to kick your ass. Mr. Gear, I was hoping Buddhism could bring me inner peace. Or is that just a pipe dream? <laughs> we all have dreams. Mine is of a free Tibet. That would be so great. I dream about meatball sandwiches. All you can eat for two bucks. Good luck. This pamphlet contains the teachings of the Buddha. All things are impermanent and are empty of inherent existence. Hey, Richard, in an officer and a gentleman, did you really do all those sit-ups? I wish. I did one, and they just showed it a thousand times. Nirvana is achieved through right views and right speech. Positive actions lead to happiness, and negative actions lead to unhappiness. No creator gods, just the pursuit of enlightenment. My Satan sense is tingling. Into the root cellar, boys! When can we come out? Maybe never. Yay! So, you think you know better than this family, huh? Well, as long as you're in my house, you'll do what I do and believe what I believe. So butter your bacon. Yes, Father. Mom, Dad, my spiritual quest is over. Hold that thought. Bacon up that sausage, boy. But, Dad, my heart hurts. Oh. Oh. I'm a Buddhist. What? <gasps> That's it. No more chat rooms for you. You know, Lisa, around here, Buddhists don't get any desserts in their lunches. A Buddhist wouldn't want any. Hey, Simpson, I hear your sister dumped Christianity. Who cares? I'll tell you someone who cares. He's got long hair, works as a carpenter, has a lot of crazy ideas about love and brotherhood. His name's Gunner, and he's dating my mom. Sometimes he buys a spear. I thought Kearney was dating your mom. Hey, she came on to me. <coughs> Get him! <coughs> 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 So what are you doing? I'm planting my own Bodhi tree. If I meditate under it, perhaps I can find inner peace. Honey, is this about some boy at school who doesn't like you? No. Good. I'm just saying that any boy who doesn't like you is not worth your time. Oh, money, pay me home. Oh, money, pay me home. Oh, money, pay me home. You're gonna get a bath tonight. 
So the good news is church revenues are up 1,073%. And when will the church see any of this money? When hell freezes over, suckers! Go <laughs> with it, but just take it. Well, next on our agenda, Marge Simpson's devil daughter. She's not a devil. I just don't know what to do. Well, Christmas is coming, huh? Yeah, and Santa doesn't leave presents under the Bodhi tree. You think we can bribe her back with Christmas? Marge, you can save more souls with roller skates and easy-bake ovens than with this 2,000-page sleeping pill. Time to begin. Operation Xmas Remind of How Good Is. Just do it. Do it, do it now. I think this tree could use an angel. Well, at least it's tasteful. Christmas cookies. But since you don't believe in Christmas anymore, I guess you don't want any. Well, they do smell good. Hmm? It's a pity. All right, trash cookies. Uh-oh. I think I ate a dog food lid. Here she comes. And the one, and the two, and the... We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish. Oh, hello, Lisa. I just came down for a glass of water. Mm. Well, you do have a present under the tree. I guess no one told Santa you were a Buddhist. Well, Santa can take it back because I am not ruled by material design. <gasps> Is that a pony? I don't know what Santa left you. I just know his name is Clip Clop, and he loves sugar. Lisa, we love you, and we're not trying to put any pressure on you. Lick it. Lick it. No! Oh, no. Our daughter's run away on Christmas Eve. Bags in the kitchen. All right! <laughs> Just about My a minute My family long. tried to trick me into celebrating Christmas. You know, we are meditating. Oh, sorry. Well, that's all right. I was only about to achieve enlightenment, but who'd want that? Who likes short shorts? I like short shorts. Those guys are way off. Anyway, your family didn't have to trick you. Buddhists respect the diversity of other religions, as long as they're based on love and compassion. What? It's true. So why don't you go home? I'm sure your family really misses you. I can really celebrate Christmas? You can celebrate any holiday. And you know, my birthday is August 31st. Oh, I'll send you an email greeting card. Sweet. Now I really should be getting back to my family. Yeah, I'm spending tonight with my stepdaughter, Hannah. I do her hair, then she does mine. We're gonna go spend Christmas with Mo. You know, so we don't have one of his Christmas accidents. Hey, he can't do much without this. I did it. I found our dog. Now our Christmas is complete. We were looking for Lisa. I thought we were caroling. Hmm. We better call the police. 
Lisa. You came back! Uh, yeah, I wanted to spend Christmas with you guys. So you're back on the winning team? No, I'm still Buddhist, but I can worship with my family too. So you're just going to pay lip service to our church? Uh-huh. That's all I ever asked. Well, I'm just glad you're back. And don't worry, honey. I'll pray double hard for both of us. Now let's get you some Christmas cookies. Thanks, Mom. Hey, where's my pony? Yes! Merry Christmas to us all. <laughs> I'm serious. Make with the pony. And a happy and healthy new year. Here, Clip Clop. Here, Pony Pony. She doesn't get the pony, as we know. Uh, and I did warn you this is the less reverent talk. Um, let me just shift back into PowerPoint. Okay. Okay, so admittedly, it is rare to have such an explicit juxtaposition about Christmas and, and Buddhist identity, uh, as in this episode. But there are some types of overlap that, that might be of, uh, of some interest. So Christmas certainly exists in Japan and many other Buddhist countries. Of course, the religious dimension drops away for all but the very small Christian minority uh, in those countries. We could inquire about the strength of the religious dimension of that holiday among those Christian minorities in Asia or among Christian majorities in North America, but I prefer to briefly suggest how the meaning of festivals can shift in different cultural contexts. Staying with Japan, if we compare typical characteristics of Christmas and New Year in Japan versus Christmas and New Year in Canada, there are some intriguing differences. The most notable to my mind is the relative importance of each holiday and the company one seeks in celebration. Significantly, there's a bit of an inversion in the importance and emphasis when you look at Christmas and New Year celebrations in Canada and in Japan. For many of us in Canada, Christmas is the more important or more keenly anticipated holiday. And it is also the one primarily associated with family. New Year's is uh, often a party with stronger associations linked to romance, to whomever will be available to kiss at the stroke of midnight. In Japan, there's a bit of a reversal of these values and expectations. New Year's is much more important than Christmas, and New Year's has the association with family, whereas contemporary practices around Christmas in Japan seem to have a stronger emphasis on a dating opportunity. So this is an image from New Year's celebration, going to Meiji Shrine in Tokyo. Uh, a couple pictures when, when we were living in Japan just before Christmas. There are you know, traditional Christmas-themed things. Our kids here back in 2008 uh, at the, the sleigh, little family picture. But the more typical Christmas imagery in Japan actually isn't this. This isn't the more typical. This is interesting in its own right, but more um, just kind of cards. It's strange. Even here, you have Merry Christmasu in uh, hiragana, and that would normally be in, in katakana because those are loan words. But you can see some, some kind of Christmas in Japan imagery, but this is the more typical imagery for Christmas Eve in Japan. From 1974, KFC promoted their meal as the sort of traditional Christmas dinner, what one should get to, to do it right. So you can see Colonel Sanders and Santa imagery have been conflated into one. It's often a date night. 
uh, different areas that are lit up beautifully with Christmas lights. Might I suggest the Japanese garden if you want to do your own version here? And you can see here the party bucket or barrel, barrel, party barrel of uh, so about $44 Canadian will get you uh, eight piece original chicken and the rest of all of this goodness for, for Christmas there. Okay. So in Japan, we've got uh, that, that bit of a reversal. Um, okay. In Canada, New Year's has relatively little religious significance, but many will attend religious services at Christmas, including those who only attend at Easter and Christmas. In Japan, it is New Year celebrations that draws approximately two-thirds of the population to Shinto shrines, or in some cases, Buddhist temples, in a nationwide cultural practice of Hatsumode, welcoming the New Year in sacred space with the blessings of the kami and communal solidarity with each other. So this is on uh, Mount Koya, famous religious site that's the center of Shingon uh, Buddhism, and there are special services the first three days of the New Year, on the first, second, and third. But more common, again, is this kind of look, visiting a, a Shinto shrine uh, for the New Year's. This Meiji shrine in Tokyo receives about three million vi visitors for New Year out of 10 million during the entire year. So you can get a sense of the importance. All right. So I haven't looked into this relationship between these holidays with other Buddhist countries, and to an extent, observations above might be specific to Japan. Nevertheless, uh, I think some of the comparisons are interesting, and Japan is a Buddhist country, and in fact, the one that's most influential to Buddhism here in southern Alberta, uh, due to uh, early patterns of immigration, though the balance has been shifting for quite some time, as those same immigration patterns are markedly different in the last 50 years than they were in the first 70 years. Moving away from popular culture imaginings about Christmas in Buddhist Asia and about the Simpsons' wickedly funny observations about competition in the marketplace of religion in the 21st century North America, I will turn to the Buddhist tradition more directly. Buddhism has a sacred tree, a star marking the awakening of the Buddha, and uh, even a Santa-like figure. I'll show a couple of images here. So we have the contrast in trees and stars. Here we put them together. This is a kind of simplified image of the Bodhi tree with the Buddha meditating under the Bodhi tree through the night, through the three watches of the night, and his awakening coinciding with seeing the, the rise of the morning star. This is the actual Bodhi tree. Uh, so this is in Bodhgaya in, in Northeast India. And it has all kinds of colorful offerings and garlands, again, different from the decorations of, of the Christmas tree, but there's a lot going on there too. Uh, these are images I took last February while doing some field work at those uh, key Buddhist pilgrimage sites. And then this is the figure known as Budai in China or Hote in, in Japan that has uh, many Buddhist dimensions, but also some aspects that are uh, Santa-like with his sack of toys and gifts and candy to share with uh, children, etc. So Buddhists have a great tolerance for and even enthusiastic participation in local festivals and cultural norms. Buddhism includes many religious ceremonies and celebrations, the birth of the Buddha, the birthdays of other Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Most Buddhist practices are social, festive, communal events, really quite different from that stereotypical image of someone just on his or her own in silent meditation. 
Throw in some more festivals from local traditions, all the better. Giving and gratitude are important. Too much time to explain those images. We might come back to those later. Uh, all the better. Giving and gratitude are important in Buddhism, and a central concern about compassion resonates with, uh, with food drives at this time of year and some of the other humane efforts in the holiday season. However, all religions are not the same. And it would be odd to expect Buddhists to celebrate Christian-specific religious interpretations of the holiday's meaning. Moreover, key values of non-attachment and concerns about the harm of desire, equally central to the Buddhist tradition, can be similarly cautious about the embrace of the commercialism of Christmas or of parents' negotiations with ravenous wish lists in an attempt at detente in a potential arms war of presents. In short, Buddhists have many festivals throughout the year and through history have been more inclined to combine with local cultural practices than to emphasize direct conflict. Even in the Simpsons episode, where concerned Christian family members and clergy try to use Christmas to pry Lisa away from her new Buddhist identity, uh, the voice of Buddhism, Richard Gere, naturally, indicates no concern about Lisa celebrating Christmas with her family. I'd be happy to revisit aspects of the Buddhist tradition or the growing presence of Buddhist and other Asian forms of popular culture in North America in discussion or, or over lunch, but I want to return to the initial request uh, with this topic to also give a sense of what some local Buddhists feel and think about in their reflections during this holiday season. So uh, we've got one, one more uh, local account here. Quote, being raised Buddhist never stopped us from celebrating Christmas. In fact, as a child and teenager, it was probably my favorite holiday. I loved pulling out the Christmas boxes, decorating the trees and wrapping presents. This was all extremely enjoyable to me, and so I could relieve my parents of some of the Christmas prep jobs. As a parent, I now have a different perspective because of the duties filling out gift orders but I definitely see that excitement in my kids, especially my, my daughter. She is the one to get me motivated to put up the tree, and she's now offering to wrap all the presents. I want her to enjoy Christmas time as much as I did as a kid. But for me, it now feels more of a burden and does not have much meaning except for fond childhood memories. I try to avoid them all as much as possible and have started shopping online much more. Along with so many others, I do believe the over-commercialization of Christmas misses the point of giving and gratitude in the true spirit. The times I'm most reminded of this in a Buddhistic sense is when my youngest and most vulnerable to commercial enticements whines about what he wants. I use the phrase that I received as a child, life is suffering. I don't always add, and then you die, as my dad used to joke, but that's another story. My husband will launch into the ideas of desire causing suffering, but what seven-year-old wants to hear this? I think my biggest concern about this topic arose for me in my teenage years. When you begin to question all things, I questioned whether I had the right to celebrate Christmas because I did not believe in God. I was pretty quiet as a kid about my Buddhist upbringing because I thought friends would perceive it as weird. This was before it became the cool alternate religion of the 2000s. I questioned whether it was offensive to Christmas, <clears throat> to Christians, to celebrate if you were not Christian. I went through something similar when I joined choir in which at least 50% of the songs were religious, but eventually I came to the same conclusion for both, that I can't take myself out of the dominant Christian world, and if it was enjoyable and harmed no one, why not? This was reaffirmed when visiting the late Reverend Akuta's house in Calgary when I was 17. I noticed right away the family had a Christmas tree up and thought, okay, Buddhists can celebrate Christmas too. 
I also noticed it had a big sign that said Bodhi Tree, which I thought was a fun way to bring their Buddhist identity into the decorations. As I think of this now, I wonder if this too was some expression of guilt about the mix of the traditions. And I'm gonna summarize the last part of this. She indicates where it became the largest problem in a sense was with things like school plays where she or her brother were asked to narrate or, or perform in, in, in plays or pageants that had that, that Christian aspect of Christmas and some kind of confusion about whether it was fraudulent to do so and whether a school should even ask that of people of other traditions. Uh, but in the end, again, a testimony of really enjoying the holiday with family, even if it does have a little bit of a different meaning. So finally, the inclusion of these reflections is not only in response to Tad Mitsui's request when he asked me to speak on the topic, but I think these first-person accounts speak most directly to how Buddhism relates to Christmas in Canada. Although I would argue that the Simpsons episode offers some trenchant commentary about contemporary dynamics in society and the marketplace of religion, the local testimonials are certainly more real and directly applicable to the topic at hand. Reverend Izumi's column and the thoughtful positions recounted by local lay Buddhists concur that their Buddhist identity does not hinder them from celebrating the joyous season here in Canada. And like many Christian Canadians, the concerns they do have are shared concerns about the commercialization of the holiday. Buddhist teachings push those concerns a bit further in terms of the tradition's insights about the relationship between suffering and desire. Nevertheless, in the increasingly diverse religious landscape of multicultural Canada, the relationship between Buddhism and Christmas is rather distant, but benign. I'm sorry to disappoint you if any of you had hoped for a dramatic cultural clash, where the war on Christmas would be led by Budai, or Hote, this figure here. The laughing, happy Buddhist figure with a sack of gifts, a practical link to good luck, and an ample stomach to match Santa. Uh, and again, just this figure, I took this picture in Singapore, and you can see where people rub the belly and the earlobe for good luck, but part of the reason this is a powerful figure and an important figure is although it's modeled on a Chinese Chan or Zen monk from a thousand years ago, the understanding is he's a way that the future Buddha showed up in our own world in our own time. This is Maitreya, the future Buddha, and they're understood to be connected. Different Japanese images where uh, the same figure is called Hote, Buddha or Hote, they both just mean cloth sack, that sack that he carries around, the presents he gives to kids. This is another image from Japan of how that future Buddha shows up. So that future Buddha does have a kind of messianic sense to him, and there have been messianic religious and political movements looking to that future Buddha. So in a sense, if you were looking for that kind of cultural conflict, you could have these figures closing out our manger scene in Santa, who looks a little worried right there, as you have Budai coming in with his sack of gifts, Maitreya, the future Buddha and messianic figure. But again, there's nothing to worry about. They're not crowding out those figures. Uh, the traditions, as has always been the case in Buddhism, are blending together uh, very well and harmoniously. Though, an attack like that would make for a great Simpsons episode, if any producers are listening. So, thank you, happy Bodhi Day, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all best wishes for the new year.